Do you want to be heard in your relationship? Do you want to get your needs met in your relationship? Allie Miller is about to share with us how exactly we can do that. Oh, are you ready for an amazing relationship with your partner? <sighs> Let's go listen to Allie, what she has to say. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit, where the world's top experts share hope, guidance, and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. My name is Charisma Whitefeather, and today I am joined by Allie Miller. And let me tell you a little bit about Allie. Allie helps couples master the art of communication so they can experience more peace, passion, and possibilities in their relationship. Allie is both a licensed marriage and family therapist and a couple's communication coach. She started learning nonviolent communication in 2006 and has been sharing it with individuals, couples, groups, organizations, and therapists for over 10 years. Wow. Thank you, Allie, for being here. We need your information on how to communicate in our relationship. Thanks so much for saying yes. <laughs> My pleasure. So good to be with you. Oh, so good because communication and being in a relationship is such a big topic that I always read about in all of the PMDD forums. So could you share a little bit just about your journey and why you feel so passionate about nonviolent communication? Sure. Yeah. So um, there's a book, we kind of refer to it as the book, which was written by Marshall Rosenberg. Um, it's called Nonviolent Communication, A Language of Life. It was 2006. A friend was like, hey, this book is great. I think you'd like it. And I took her up on her recommendation and I read it. And it was like underlining almost every sentence, dog-earing almost every page. He just speaks to what happens in conversation and how quickly and easily things get derailed and de disconnection happens. And then he brings us to, okay, how not to do that, how to bring connection into the conversation, how to speak your truth, honestly, but kindly, and how to listen in a way where people actually feel heard. Mm. Mm. So he, he outlines like really simple, not easy, but really simple steps we can take to have more connection in our relationships. I loved it. So then I started taking trainings and in the trainings, there's a lot of practice with listening. And I found that I was being listened to in a way that I had never experienced in my whole life. Even though I had already been in the, in the therapy field for six years at that point, had had a couple different therapists. Um, and it was like this kind of light bulb, this new, new way of being listened to where my whole soul, my whole being was like, ah, this is what I've been longing for. And that's the skill of empathy that is taught in nonviolent communication, where it's this very particular way of listening for what are people feeling? What are people needing? And we're so used to listening in a way where it's like, how can I respond? How can I help this person? I want to fix this right? I have a similar story. I had it worse. I can relate. Me, 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 right? A lot of it, we bring the focus back to ourselves, often with the best of intentions. But this way of listening is like, I'm going to put all of my attention on what's alive in you. I'm kind of giving myself over to 
try to connect with the life energy in you by listening for your feelings and your needs and then telling you, is this right? Is this what I'm hearing? Are you feeling this? Are you longing for this? So just this curiosity, I bring my presence to you as I'm listening to you. And then I get curious about your feelings and needs. And it's, it's just so different from anything I had ever encountered. So I just kept taking training, trainings, 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 you know, you find something you love, you just want to dive in. Yeah. So that's what I did. And then I was like, I got to share this with more and more people. So it's just, as the years go by, I find more and more ways to try to share. So beautiful. Well, I'm glad you found it and I'm glad you're sharing it because this just rings so true. And I want to kind of get into how we can use or how nonviolent communication can help couples. But you said something there that I kind of want to latch onto because a lot of times we're like, oh, listen to me. Like, why aren't you hearing me? If we feel listened to, or if we start listening to another, can that also influence others to be able to more better listen to us? Yeah. I want people to be heard, but also should we focus also a lot on listening to our partner better? Right. So there's this idea that if somebody can't hear you, it's probably because they need to be heard. So if I can, we can't always, but if I can hear you first, it's going to increase the likelihood that then you'll be able to hear me. Okay. I don't want that to become a should, like you should always listen to your partner yeah. first because sometimes you just can't. But if your partner can't hear you and you can't hear your partner, you need to go elsewhere to get heard and then come back and then you'll be able to hear each other. I like that. So maybe by going elsewhere, you mean chat with a friend, bring in your bestie or something like that. And yeah. Okay. Yeah. A friend or a therapist or somebody, you know, trained to listen well, it's, you know, if it's a friend who's just going to like badmouth your partner, I don't think that's going to help. Yeah. Right. Or yeah. if it's a friend who's going to like, you know, talk about themselves a lot, I don't think it's going to help. But if somebody can listen to you with empathy to help you connect with your own life force, your own feelings and needs, then it's like, okay, I feel heard. I'm understood by somebody. I have more space now to hear my partner. Because often fights in couples are like, um, you know, kind of a desperate attempt for each person to get heard, but no hearing is happening because both people are talking, both people are trying to get it right. There's no, no one available in that moment. Right. So it's like, okay, let me get a little bit heard and understood outside. And then I'll come back with more spaciousness. Ooh, I love that already such juicy information. I hope you all have your little journal with you. You're writing it down. So let's dive into this nonviolent communication for couples. How can this nonviolent communication help with our relationships? Okay. So it's a huge question. I thought about it and I was like, what do I most want to highlight? Three key principles in nonviolent communication that I love and that will just change it to changes your view of everything. One is everybody's needs matter. So if I'm in a relationship, it's not just my needs matter. It's not just the other person's needs that matter. I'm holding that our needs matter. Both of our needs matter. And so any solution we come up with, we want it to be attending to both of our needs, all of our needs, right? 
And when we talk about needs in nonviolent communication, we're talking like universal human needs, like affection, belonging, um, rest, ease, meaning, purpose, connection, um, as opposed to, we're not talking about like, I need you to do the dishes. Like that's not a need in this, right? That's, that would be a strategy to meet a need. Which brings me to the second principle that I love, which is that everything we do or say is an attempt to meet a need, an attempt to meet a universal human need. Mm-hmm. Right? You're feeling that? Yes, totally. Like, whoa. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, your partner um, hangs up the phone on you, uh-huh. right? you're gonna have your own reaction, right? And you're probably gonna make up stories about your partner. This would invite you to say, okay, what needs might they have been trying to meet when they hung up the phone on me? So it's like this constant returning to this curiosity about like kind of giving the person the benefit of the doubt. Okay, what need might they have been trying to meet? What need that I also have, because I'm also a human being might they have been attempting to meet? And that's where the doorway to compassion is, right? Like, oh, we're all always trying to meet needs. Yeah, yeah. So that's the second principle. The third principle that I love is our feelings alert us to our needs. Mm, Okay. So Mm -hmm. anytime I feel anything, irritable, enraged, right? Um, Frustrated, ecstatic. Um, joyful, um, sad, right? Jealous. They all point to needs. So if I'm feeling any of those like quote unquote positive feelings, like happy, joyful, comfort, um, it's an indication that I have some met needs. So I get curious. Oh, I wonder what needs are met that are contributing to this pleasant feeling. Mm -hmm. And then if I'm having any feelings like hurt or sad or angry or frustrated or impatient, it's, it's just a signal that I have some unmet needs. So again, curiosity, what are my unmet needs, right? So it's not like, oh, something's wrong with me. If I'm feeling jealous or enraged, I'm such a bad person. I'm not spiritual. I'm a terrible partner. Like, no, this, I'm a human being. And this is my message messenger letting me know I have some unmet needs. Can I turn my attention to those needs? I'm getting goosebumps and I'm in LA. It's not even cold. Thank you for saying that. So when I'm feeling that anger come up, I can ask, Ooh, what, what need has, is not met right now. So I, I answer it with curiosity and I kind of go, go discovering a little bit that feels juicy. Yes. As opposed to what we're, most of us are conditioned to do, which is I feel angry. I'm going to blame you. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. So it's like we point it out. I'm angry. I point it out. This is like, I'm angry. I'm going to look inside. What are my beautiful needs that are unmet right now? And how can I attend to them? Yes. What can I ask for that might help me meet my needs? And I also love this, that you're saying we all have needs because I know so many times we feel kind of guilty. Oh, I'm, I'm too needy. You know, right? like, oh, I need affection from my partner and we make ourselves wrong for that. So thank you for bringing that up and speaking about the need. So if I notice, oh, I have this need for more affection or affection or whatever m- my need is 
how can I communicate my need without kind of being harsh right. or making my partner like move away from me? Right. Totally. So, so we're interdependent beings, right? In order to meet our needs, we need other people, yeah. right? Yeah. And when we come at people with demand energy saying like, you have to meet this need, people tend to recoil because most people love autonomy and choice and freedom. Don't tell me what I have to do. I want choice, right? So a big part of the training here is in making requests versus making demands. So if I have a need for affection, you know, we have these lists in nonviolent communication training and you won't see on the list, like I have a need for affection from you. It's I have a need for affection. As soon as you put from you, we're in demand land, right? So it's like, oh, I have this need for affection. Would you be willing to give me a hug, right? And then the other person can check in like, am I willing to give you a hug right now? Maybe yes, maybe no, right? And you know you're in demand land if they say no and you don't accept it. Mm. And again, it's not like demand land is wrong or bad. We all go there. But it's, it's remembering that we actually care about the other person's needs. And if they say no to giving you a hug, it's because they have some other needs that are up for them that are more pressing in that moment, right? right? Maybe it's a need for space. Like that's important. That need matters too. Yeah. So, so as couples learn these skills, it becomes this kind of almost like a game of like, oh, like, how can we meet your needs and my needs at the same time? And it might not be the exact same moment. Like maybe in one moment, you're going to give me a hug, but then you're going to go for a walk, right? So you're also attending for your need, to your need for space, right? But how can we really honor your needs and my needs in as many moments as possible? So no one's sacrificing. And then there's less resentment, right? Absolutely. This opens also a more kind of a truthful exchange, like, oh, this is my need. That's your need. Right now, I can't honor that. And just being truthful so we don't have to play these games anymore. I, yeah. Oh, this is really deep. Something did come up though. So when I express my need for a hug and my partner in that moment, well, the need is for affection. The strategy is a hug. Oh my gosh. Thank you for reframing that. Yeah. So because the need are the basic things that we humans all have. Yeah. And my need for affection could be a hug. It could be a kiss. It could be different strategies. Right. It could even be like a self hug, right? If, if there's no one around who can give me a hug, like I'm not giving up on this need. I'm going to give myself a hug. I'm going to count to 10 while I hug myself. I love that. Get down to the need and then see maybe what strategy that could come from. So when I have the need of affection and I, I request a hug from my partner and my partner says, no, well, how can I then deal with possibly re a feeling of like being rejected or right. like that I don't start spinning into this whole thing. Oh, he never gives me what I want. Kind of something like this. <laughs> Is there something you could say to that? Totally. Because that happens, right? It's so hard to hear. No, it's so vulnerable to make a request, especially an affection request for most of us. It's like, can I have a hug? It's like so vulnerable. And if somebody says no, it can just be so crushing, right? So there's this other skill of self-empathy, which is like, can I turn my curious, loving presence towards myself 
and if I'm in pain towards that pain, right? So when I hear my partner say no, I feel crushed, right? Putting a hand on my heart, I feel crushed. I feel devastated. I feel mad, like really tuning into the feelings and then linking them to the needs. Okay, I have a need to know I matter. I have a need to trust that I'm loved, right? I have a need for sweetness, gentleness, right? So you're giving yourself this loving attention. Yeah. Beautiful. Oh, Ooh, that opens up so much, so much goodness. So my next question is, um, how can I say this? So when we have PMDD, sometimes people don't understand. And I read this a lot in the forums. Oh, how do I explain this to my partner? How do I make them understand? Is this one of our needs to be understood or is this something that we need to let go of? Love it. So on these needs lists, to be understood is on there, right? To be understood by my partner is not on there. So it's a preference, right? course we want to be understood by our partner but if we're going in with that demand energy that I have to get this need met by you in this moment it can close the gates of genuine desire to understand right so I would say don't let go of your need to be understood um, and hold hold lightly like the timing of that and the person whom you're trying to get to understand you Mm, that is there's a, a saying um hold your needs tightly and your strategies lightly ah so not being so much attached to how it kind of that's how the, it's this manifestation thing sometimes too they say like have this thing but don't be attached how it will come to you is that kind of the same kind of like that <laughs> which is so hard in relationships right because it's like part of why we get into couples is like you're gonna meet all my needs Yes. But exactly. and then part of how we get out of relationships is because we discover that they're not. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for saying that relationships can be hard. Is that something that we just need to live with that relationships are maybe not like they seem in the movies where everything's always great, that conflicts happen? Yes. And that conflicts are opportunities for greater intimacy, knowing ourselves better, knowing each other better, right? Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. So I like that reframe. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like conflict doesn't have to be bad at all. It doesn't even have to be disconnecting. Mm -hmm. It's probably going to be uncomfortable for a lot of us. A lot of us aren't, you know, comfortable with conflict, yeah. but it can actually bring us so much closer when we use the conflict to understand our feelings and needs better. When we use the conflict to listen with empathy to ourselves and our partners right? When we use the conflict to say, okay, these are your needs. These are my needs. How can we work together to meet them? Beautiful. So let's, let's talk about conflicts a little bit. How can we, you were saying, you know, focus on the needs, but how can we practically navigate conflicts so they bring us closer together? Like if I'm in a conflict with my partner, how can I, what can I do? <laughs> yeah, right. So as soon as the conflict comes, as soon as you can realize, okay, we're in conflict because we are feeling strong feelings and we have really important needs. So I just, I just try to remember feelings and needs. And then it's like, 
we might have to do a timeout, right? Where we take some space and say, why don't we each kind of take some space to calm down and get tune in to what our own feelings and needs are, get curious about the other person's feelings and needs, and then come back to the conversation and have it be about that as opposed to the content, right? And so we're not, we're not blaming, we're moving out of blame, judgment, and criticism and into curiosity about our feelings and needs. Yes. So rather than you did this, you did that, going into our needs. Yes. Yeah. When I heard you say this, or when I saw you do that, I felt this because I have this need. Would you be willing to blah, blah, blah. Yes. So the four-step model of nonviolent communication is you say what you observe. Okay. So when I heard you say X or when I saw you do X, feeling, I felt this. And then you link the feeling to the need. I felt angry because I have a need for consideration, okay. for example. Yeah. Would you be willing to? That's the request, right? So you're checking for their willingness. Would you be willing to... Tell me what was going on for you when you left without locking the door. Awesome. Something oh, like that. I love those four steps. So it's observe. So just, just state like you said. Right. But we even to make it even yeah. less likely they'll get defensive and more likely they'll hear you. It's yes. when I, so you're really owning it. When I heard you say. Because when people hear the word you, it's like, we get defensive, yes. right? Yeah. We're trying to minimize defensiveness, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Because we want to be heard. And if someone's defensive, they're not going to be able to hear you. Oh, absolutely. Right? Because so, they're defending themselves. Observe. So, right. When I heard you say, or when I saw, saw you do. Yes. Yeah. That made me feel. And, and so, thank you. So I'm not going to say that made me feel because that implies some blame. Like you made me feel this way. Nonviolent communication is so much about self-responsibility. Mm -hmm. So instead of you made me feel this way, I felt this way because I have these needs. Amazing. Cause that also, yeah. also takes the power back a little bit, right? Exactly. Like, it's mm -hmm. so empowering. Some people call it empowered communication. Beautiful. And then so I, I stated the feeling connected with the need, and then I make the request, would yeah. you be willing to, and then what do, what is that thing? How do I connect to what I want that, or I would like to request from that person? Right. That it's like, yeah, it's like, what, what might me actually help meet this need? But there's two kind of requests. Like there's, what would meet the need that you're sharing? But then there's also like, what do I actually want back from the person right now after having just revealed myself vulnerably? Because sharing my feelings and needs is vulnerable. So it might be that I just wanna know, did you actually hear what I said? So I might say, when I saw that the door was unlocked, I felt worried, I have a need for safety, would you be willing to? And then you could either say like, um, leave yourself a note that you're going to lock the door, you know, something real specific like that yeah. about the future. Or I might say, would you be willing to just tell me what your understanding is important to me here? So it's like checking for understanding as a way to nurture the connection in that moment and to make sure you're actually being heard in the way that you want to be heard. Yes. Or you might be curious what comes up for them mm -hmm. hearing that. So you might say, oh, would you be willing to share with me? 
how you feel hearing me tell you this. Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking that with me. <laughs> I'm going Great. to use that from now on. Great. Thank you. I think I'm going to make a sticky note on the side of my, on the side of my mirror. Observe feelings need request. Exactly. Oh, amazing. Yeah. In your experience with couples, um, what are some ways that we might be harming our connection or the possibility of intimacy that we might not even know or realize? <laughs> I like your facial expression. I know. I'm like, it's not a weird question, but I know sometimes I can just be a bit of a nincompoop in my relationship and I, I don't notice that my partner is actually reacting towards me a certain way. So are there any like no things that you notice when couples come to you a lot that comes up, ways that we just kind of harm the relationship without knowing? I mean, I think the most common way we harm the relationship is blame, criticism, and judgment. Mm making the other person responsible for our feelings. Oh, okay, yes. Can right? We, yes, can we talk about that some more? Because that is definitely, that comes up a lot in my relationship. Oh, he's making me feel this or all of these things. Could you talk about that a little more? Yeah, yeah, it's, um, it's subtle. I don't wanna say like, because, People impact us, right? Like your partner is going to impact how you feel. But there's this real important distinction in this work around like there's a difference between you impacting how I feel and how and you causing how me to feel what I feel, right? Yeah. So what you say or do might stimulate a feeling in me, but where I'm gonna I'm gonna look for the cause of that feeling at my needs as opposed to looking for the cause in you. Because it's like, what you do is going to impact me differently, depending on like what time I woke up that morning, how much sleep I got, what I ate, what my childhood history is like so many different factors. It's not just you, like you're not powerful enough and you do impact me. We impact each other. So, um, does that make sense? Yes. It makes sense that to know that we impact each other, but also that there's a certain I don't know, responsibility or that there is something within me that possibly is reacting towards that in a certain way. Yeah. And in, in, in nonviolent communication, we just say, oh yeah, it's our needs. Huh. Mm -hmm. Like I'm reacting that way because it, I have this unmet need yeah. or I'm reacting that way because I have this met need, right? I'm reacting with joy because it meets my need to be seen yes. or I'm reacting with anger because it doesn't meet my need to be seen. This is beautiful and it, I feel it lightens it up because it's like, oh, yeah. I have a need. And yeah. so thank you for, for pointing that out. And just on that note a little bit, why does it feel like my partner triggers, like knows exactly where to, where to push my buttons that, that something does erupt? Is that something common? How can I reframe that? Hmm. So reframe, yeah. So you want to reframe the story that your partner knows exactly how to trigger your buttons. I want. What do you want to reframe? Why? Why does it feel like my partner knows exactly where my buttons are? Like, how do I? Do I make myself more resilient? Do I use em empathy and compassion? But other people out there 
in the world, if they would say something, I wouldn't really care. But my partner says something and it's like, oh, why would you say that? I know. I know. I wonder if it's because we come to our partnerships with so much hope that all these needs are going to be met. And it's just crushing when they're not. It hurts so much more because we have that hope and sometimes even that expectation that these very precious needs are finally going to be met. So it's like, can I have so much self-compassion for that devastation when my needs are yet again, not met in another relationship? And then can I say, oh, okay, maybe there are some asks I can make here. Maybe there are some requests I can make to move towards more of my needs being met. Remembering that my needs matter, my partner's needs matter, and can we work together to try to meet as many of them as possible? Wow, yes. My needs matter and my partner's needs matter. Thank you so much. (laughs) We're already at time. It has just been full of amazingness. Is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel that someone with PMDD and with PMDD in a relationship might need to know? I guess the thing I would want to say is your feelings matter. Your feelings are significant. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling what you feel. Don't minimize your feelings. Get curious about them. What needs are your feelings alerting you to? And can you hold those feelings and those needs with so much tenderness and so much care? Like there's nothing wrong with you. You're experiencing intense emotions because you have very important needs. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for that. And I'm just going to ask one last question because this, this came up. So if I'm in a relationship and my PMDD has put a bit of a toll on the relationship because there's lots of anger coming up, lots of emotions, and there's a bit of resentment that has built up in my relationship from unmet needs. How can I begin bringing harmony back and tearing down this wall of resentment from from my side? How could I start doing that? Yeah, so this practice of self-empathy, like remembering my needs matter, getting curious, what are my needs, right? And maybe even writing down like, all the things I'm resentful about, and then pointing an arrow, like I'm resentful that he did this, I'm resentful that she did this, that they don't do this, right? Okay, each of those things, what need is that pointing to? And then hang out with those needs, like hand on your heart, like, oh, right, I have a need for care and consideration, maybe taking a breath or two. Oh, right, I have a need for affection, I have a need to know I matter, right? And there, there are lists of feelings and needs. If you go to cnvc.org, yeah. um, I'll also have lists on my website, which I know you're going to link to, yeah. um, so that you can start to build your vocabulary of feelings and needs. Wow. Okay. I'm glad I asked that question because that was so yeah. helpful, a practical tools, something we can really do, some journaling and then looking up some needs and really connecting to our needs. And yes, please, y'all go to AllieMillerCoaching.com because that's where you get all the goodies, all the information where you can connect with Allie. And I know you will want to because (laughs) who doesn't want to have a great relationship? Who doesn't want to get their needs met? So thank you so much, Allie, for being here and for sharing your absolute wisdom. Any last words of hope for anyone suffering from PMDD? 
yeah, you can do this. You, you, you are experiencing, I'm guessing, really intense emotions. It does not mean anything is wrong with you. It means you have very important needs. Keep connecting to those needs and knowing that your needs matter and knowing that your partner's needs matter. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to change what happens. Wow. Thank yeah. you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. Y'all go into that Facebook group, share some takeaways, share anything that really rung true with you. I hope you journaled. If not, you can always listen to this interview again. Thank you so much, Ali, for being here. Thank you, Charisma. Such a pleasure. You're such a delight. Thank you. <laughs> Bye, y'all. Take care. <laughs> Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.